0: It is good to see all of you here today as we come for this time to worship God together. Um, If you're visiting with us, we're delighted to have you here. Hope that you'll continue coming uh, every chance you have, and hopefully you'll feel like uh, this is home before long. We'd like that very much. A couple of announcements to bring to your attention. Um, Wonderful Wednesdays for Children continues this week. Preschool and elementary kids are invited to join us for a summer celebration in the social hall from 9 to noon on Wednesday. We will celebrate the first day of summer with all kinds of fun games and snacks. Sign up by filling out the form in the church bulletin and dropping it in the offering plate today or by contacting Katie. And then next Sunday, you will need to... uh, Remember that our third annual Lake Day is next Sunday, the 24th, from 5 until 8 at Lake Cunningham. Uh, Hot dogs and hamburgers and drinks are provided. So what more do you need? Oh, yeah, side dishes and desserts. You can bring that with you when you come. But uh, it ought to be a, a wonderful day of fellowship and hope that you can be here for that. Last night, the um, police were not called, but the praise band had a party at uh, Chris Harris's house. I guess it's good that we didn't create too much disturbance. Uh, But Chris Harris wrote a lengthy little uh, poem called Ode to Arthur Holt. And I've got it out here on the uh, bulletin board. Um, It's right witty and right well done, so if you have a chance, be sure to read that. The teenagers are still selling tickets for um, Tuesday night, the dinner at Lorenda's, um, raising money for their um, mission trip. What a great thing. You get to have a good supper and still be contributing to missions, thanks to the good people at Lorenda's who are working with us on that. So you will, as you leave today, if you look for one of the teenagers, they will be glad to sell you uh, tickets for that occasion. Ralph I remembered to bring it to you this week it is the repent body detergent for absolute absolution it says it's made up of fire and brimstone so I'll uh, I think you need that so okay. <laughs> let us begin our time together in worship. Confirmation of faith is the Apostles' Creed on page 881. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered unconscious, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven. To come to church, quick and dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the Union of Saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of God, and the life of Christ. Amen. At this time, we invite the children to come forward to join Jim Scudder for a few moments of sharing. Amen.
1: morning. What's today? Good, that's a good day. We got a, we got a few items up here we're going to hold up as I go into this so you'll know what I'm doing. Today is a very special day. It's Father's Day. And I'm sure that all of you gave your fathers a hug and a Father's Day card this morning. I got the hug, but I didn't get the card. <laughs> this is the day when we tell our <coughs> father that we love him and say thank you all the things he does for us each day. Right, Andrew? I was thinking of my father today, and I called him this morning, by the way. I have wonderful memories of growing up with him. I have three things this morning that remind me of my father, and all these things start with the letter B and remind me of something my father did for me when I was growing up. The first B reminds me that my father is a belt, and uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm old enough that and I was acting like a knucklehead I got I got that hand more I'm sure that you can guess what that belt reminds me of my father there were times when I was a little boy and I did things I wasn't supposed to do but when that happened I sometimes got a spanking and now that it that it isn't very popular to form a discipline today I would never want to see any child abused but there are times when they need discipline and I'm glad that I had a father who loved me enough to discipline me when I needed it, and I needed it a lot.
2: <laughs> the second B
1: reminds me of my father as a ball. And I hate it for Clemson fans, but Carolina's playing awful well right now.
2: Uh-huh.
1: When I was a boy, my father used to go out in the yard and we play ball together. And we always had ball games in the neighborhood with my friends in the backyard. It was always our yard that we had ball games. My father always took time to do special things with me. Some fathers get too busy and never seem to have time to do things with their children. And I'm glad that I had a father who loved me enough to take, take time to do things with me. The third thing reminds me of my father. is a Bible. Alexander's got it. The Bible reminds me of my father because he wrote the Bible to me and taught me about God's love and how Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Of all the things my father did for me, this was the most important I'm glad I had a father who loved me enough and teach me about God's love. I hope, I hope that you have a father who loves you enough to discipline you when you need it, whether it's taking your DS game away from you or getting you grounded. I got grounded enough, too. One who will take time to, to play with you. Most of all, I hope that you have a father who loves you enough to teach you about God's love. If you do, be sure to thank him today. Let's right here. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for our earthly fathers. Help us this day to show our love and appreciation to our fathers. And may we always remember to show your love our heavenly, and our Heavenly Father also. Amen.
0: Jim, I think you and I had the same father, (laughs) except that my parents had a fondness for ping-pong paddles instead of belts. (sighs) They worked very well. Um, Our Old Testament lesson is from the book of Amos, chapter 8, verses 4 through 7. Hear this, you who trample the needy and do away with the poor of the land saying, when will the new moon be over that we may sell grain and the Sabbath be ended that we may market wheat? skimping the measure, boosting the price, and cheating with dishonest scales. Buying the poor with silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. Selling even the sweepings of the wheat. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, I will never forget anything they have done. Here ends the lesson. Someone in the choir pointed out that I must have stuttered this week that I picked the same responsive reading we had last week. So let's don't do that. Let's back up a few pages to page 821 and do Psalm 100 together. And I invite you to turn to page uh, 821 and stand as you are able as we share uh, this passage of scripture responsibly. <clears throat> Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, come into God's presence with singing. Know that the Lord who made us is God. Enter God's gates with thanksgiving and God's courts with praise. Give thanks and bless God's name. For the Lord is good. Epistle lesson is from the book of Acts chapter 15, verses 5 through 11. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders met to consider this question. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago, God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, For he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test to God by putting on the backs of the disciples a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear? No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved, just as they are. Here ends the lesson. Mm-mm. <clears throat> Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Lord, we really are truly thankful for all the churches of our community today. Whether they go by a different label than Methodism, we still are grateful because we understand that we are one with those people And that though we may do things a little differently, it is the same Lord that we worship and serve, the same God who is our Father and the same Spirit that dwells in us. And so we pray that we would never forget the unity that exists across our boundaries so that our differences don't keep us from enjoying fellowship with each other. And we pray your blessings, God, upon all the churches of our community and in the outlying regions. There is just so much work to be done. So many people looking for redemption and salvation. So many children to teach. Help us all to work together. That we might lift up the name of Jesus in all the the ways that we work together and that together we might help folks find new life in Christ. We sometimes forget our unity, God, and we fight over the most meaningless little things. And when we think about it, if it is Jesus who has died for all of us that ties us all together, what else could possibly matter? And so we're thankful to belong to a church that tries to simplify the message and remind us of that so that we might be among our community working with all that will work with us to bring new life and better ways and better life to all the folks of our community. And Lord, we are thankful that there have been many who've come before us We think of John and Charles Wesley, who lived over 200 years ago, who gave their faithful witness to the cross, and who led other Methodist people to follow Jesus with a passion and with a purpose. We remember that there have been others that have come before us in this place that there have been many generations of Methodists here at Memorial and many different generations of pastors here as well. How wonderful it is to stand in that long line of tradition, believing that we're not anywhere near the end of what you're going to be doing through Memorial. Hopefully we're still in the early days of the life of this church. And indeed, you have great dreams and plans for this church in the future. Most of all, Lord, cause us always to be a beacon to those whose lives are about to be wasted or lost, that we might guide the ships of life into safe port so that they might give themselves to Christ our Lord. These are our prayers. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us now worship God by giving. You certainly can, can feel like you spread your wings in terms of being influential. I don't know what we would do if we Methodists and our friends in the Baptist Church couldn't pick on each other and enjoy one another so much. <clears throat> For instance, a Baptist pastor forgot to set his clock back one hour last fall and therefore he arrived at his church an hour too early. Seeing no cars at his church, he became afraid that the rapture had occurred the night before and that he'd been left behind. But then he looked over at the Methodist church and says, that can't be right, there's nobody there either. And now for equal time. A man asked a little boy, are you a Baptist? No, replied the little boy, I'm a Methodist. The man wanted to know why he was a Methodist. And the boy replied, I'm a Methodist because my parents are Methodists. Not to be outwitted by a little boy, the man replied, well, what would you be if your parents were both morons? Would you be a moron? The little boy said, no, probably then I'd be a Baptist. (laughs) (laughs) As I said, we have to pick on each other in fun, and when we get together, as ministers across denominations, we really have some fun. Uh, Every now and then a Lutheran will remind me that that we Methodists are gonna be in heaven before the Lutherans because it says, the dead in Christ shall rise first. I always appreciate that. (laughs) Um, Perhaps an uh, appropriate sermon, as I'm coming to the conclusion of my time with you, is to consider the question of why I chose to be in the United Methodist Church instead of a pastor in some other tradition because all of us young men and women had that choice to make, and I was at a Lutheran, wonderful Lutheran seminary, and I would have been happy in that tradition, I think, except that, that I'd already found a great deal of things about Methodism that I wanted to be a part of. Now, why is it that I'm a Methodist? Well, part of the answer is that my parents were morons, I mean (laughs) Methodists. And uh, indeed, I am more familiar with Methodism than any other uh, branch of Christianity. But as the years have gone by, there are some things about our denomination that I've grown to really love and appreciate. And I want to share those with you today. These things can be summed up in four words. Sincerity, simplicity, openness, and practicality. Methodism was given birth by John and Charles Wesley. One was a preacher and one was a hymn writer. Brothers and scholars as well as ministers in 18th century the Church of England. Their desire was to take Christianity out of the realm of good intentions and therefore can slip into good intentions they wanted to move our faith into the realm of accountability and sincerity someone has said that the road to hell is paved with good intentions and we know what that means but for the Wesley brothers it really wasn't enough for them to just intend to be Christian they planned to be Christian every day They decided to be Christians on purpose, and I borrow that phrase from a Methodist curriculum on confirmation a few years ago. They didn't want to be an accidental Christian, but they wanted to be intentional about what they did. Every Christian knows that we ought to read the Bible and pray, but we don't always get around to it. The Wesley brothers carried a daily calendar, and they wrote a time of day on their daily calendar when they were gonna study the Bible and when they were going to pray. It came around every day. They had it in their book. They held themselves accountable for daily worship. It was on their calendar. There was a time each and every day to visit the sick and to visit folks in prison. They didn't just intend to do these things, they did them. Their Christianity became methodical, hence our name. All of this was their desire to be sincere as Christians, to do what we said we ought to do. The second thing I would say about United Methodism is that it was born in an attempt to simplify Christianity. In Acts chapter 15, the early church had to make a decision regarding the old religion that they'd grown up in, the Jewish followers. What about all those Hebrew laws and traditions and rituals? Did that still matter to Gentile converts to the faith? Did the Gentiles have to, in effect, become Jews before they could become Christians? James and his friends thought so. Peter and Paul said, no, that was a dead end for us. We don't need to do that to them. Finally, James and all the church became convinced that since no one had found salvation through the many and complicated Hebrew laws, and since all people were finding salvation through the simple message of the cross, then Christianity deserved to be simplified, freed from that old complicated religious system. John Wesley lived in such a time as that the early days still of the Protestant Reformation. The Lutherans and the Presbyterians and the Anglicans had been at work on the Protestant Reformation to simplify things. But Wesley wanted to go even further. He worked on arriving at a simple core of necessary beliefs on which most every Christian could agree. He called those common principles of Christianity. One of the reasons he wanted to do this was to foster cooperation and unity among Christians of the various denominations and churches. Wesley said it this way, I vehemently refuse to be distinguished from others by any but the common principles of Christianity, the plain old Christianity that I teach, renouncing and detesting all other marks of distinction But from real Christians of whatever denomination they be, we earnestly desire not to be distinguished at all. Sometimes when I sit around uh, Waffle Houses and other places and talk about uh, uh, churches and their beliefs, uh, I learn a lot of things and um, am able to say, well, we're just a lot simpler than that. Some of them have. Uh, different scriptures than we have. They've got our Bible but they use another holy text as well. Some folks uh, in the years gone by wanted to know how many angels could dance on the head of a pin. There's a lot of talk always about Christ returning soon. Other folks say that only 144,000 people are going to go to heaven someday. Other people worry about the role that saints play in our daily lives. Is the Bible infallible? Must we be on careful watch, looking back over our shoulders at all times to see if, if Satan is sneaking up on us? I can simply say, well, those aren't very important to us Methodists. If they help you, that's fine. It's just enough for us to know that Jesus is our Savior and that God is our Father, and that the Spirit guides us, and that in a wonderful way the Scriptures teach us and inspire us. It's just that simple. If you want to spend your time on non-essentials and complications, go ahead. That's okay. If it helps you, then good for you. But it never has helped me. Simpler the better. Another place where simplicity can be seen is in the manner of our speech. You know, some uh, groups use special words and repetitive phrases as a part of their worship. Some insist that King James English be spoken in even their daily conversations among the church members. I had some friends during college who seemed to uh, sincerely doubt the sincerity of my faith because I didn't walk around all the time with my head in the clouds saying, praise the Lord. I didn't do it often enough to suit them. Wesley taught that such verbal religious practices was a form of putting on false airs. He taught the early Methodists to use common, ordinary language in their worship and daily life. Sincerity and simplicity are two aspects of United Methodism. A third reason that I am happy to be a United Methodist is something that has always been a great deal to me, and that is the fact that there's an openness within our denomination that you won't find anywhere else from the very beginning of methodism we've been very different from all of our sister churches in that we're open-minded when it comes to attitudes toward other churches new ideas and education some churches imply and some come right out and say it that you aren't going to heaven you're not saved unless you belong to their particular church you aren't going to heaven. You don't have the right beliefs. You don't have the spirit unless you are a member of their church. We don't believe that. We do not believe that you must be a United Methodist in order to go to heaven. In fact, this last week at annual conference, after a friend of mine heard where the bishop was appointing him for the coming year, he wondered whether or not the bishop was going to be allowed into heaven. <laughs> Hello? Hello? No other denomination is quite as open as we are when it comes to accepting and respecting other churches. We affirm the fact that Presbyterians and Baptists and Lutherans and Episcopalians, Roman Catholics, Holiness and Pentecostal churches, we're all together in this thing called the body of Christ, that invisible church of the redeemed in our world. We recognize that baptism given in another place, in another Christian church, is valid. That is, we don't require a rebaptism when you come to join our church. We receive people from other churches into our membership without extensive retraining, although we might be glad to have you ask us some questions if you have some questions to ask first. We will also receive into membership people of all races and we ordain men and women As pastors. In our communities United Methodists will work with all of the denominations when it comes to trying to improve the quality of life in our community. In short, although we have complete confidence in our system of beliefs, we do not assume that we're the only ones who have a corner on the knowledge. Listen again to the words of John Wesley. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that we in no wise be divided among ourselves. Is thy heart right as my heart is with thine? I ask no farther question. If it be, give me your hand. For opinions or terms, let us not destroy the work of God." Dost thou love and serve God? It is enough. I give thee the right hand of fellowship. Let us strive together for the faith of the gospel, remembering there is one body, one spirit, even as we are called with one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Another aspect of our openness is our willing to allow differences of opinion within our churches. That is, we do not insist that everybody agree on all little facts and figures and matters as long as we agree on the very basic. And the very basics have to do with Jesus and what he's done for us. United Methodists run the entire gamut from very, very liberal to very, very conservative. And we strive to make room for everyone. One year at our annual conference, uh, one of our church's lay delegates could not attend. This is when I was in Irmo. And so they elected uh, a layperson to go to conference and it was Penny Holt. She and I sat together, husband and wife, and voted opposite each other on almost every issue. (laughs) Um, The guy who ran the Happy Bookseller was, uh, what was his name, good guy, he was a layman down there in Trim Road, but he sat behind us and we'd hear him say, uh, look at that, look at that, he voted over here, she voted over there, they're going to be divorced by the end of the week, watch this. (laughs) We survived that week and about 40 more years after that, uh, we don't have to agree on everything to maintain a marriage or a family of God in a church, either one. One of the members of the praise band, the early service, was somewhat shocked to find out that uh, not all of us in the group are Republicans. And uh, kind of uh, frustrated, she said, well, I guess we still agree about Jesus. I guess we can disagree when it comes to voting in the, in the, uh, in the politics of the American election. I just don't know any church that is more open than we are. This reality comes right out of John Wesley's teachings, for he said, but as to all opinions which do not strike at the root of Christianity, we think and let think. Isn't that a wonderful freedom? Another place where United Methodism is open is our attitude toward education. We're not afraid of education like some groups are. Uh, We encourage education. We believe that all truth that comes to us comes from God, religious truth and scientific truth. When Copernicus said that the earth revolved around the sun, his church threw him out. He was right, but his church threw him out. That wouldn't have happened if there had been a United Methodist Church back then that he could have belonged to, because we don't have that kind of a strict thing about science. We're open to the claims of science, and a United Methodist Christian may believe, may believe that God created all life on earth through a process that science refers to as evolution. Methodists do not have to believe that, but they may believe that. Either way, Whether creation happened in six 24 hour days or over many, many uh, millennia, we know God did the making. Try that in other churches and see if you can get away with it. So why Methodism? Sincerity, simplicity, openness, and finally, practicality. Ours is a very practical faith. We're all about trying to make life better for someone else. It's about caring for the needs of people whether or not they are of my race or nationality or creed. Are you at all surprised that it was a United Methodist of this church who went down the road and helped start, really led the charge to get the Greer Daily Bread ministry going? Other churches were involved in that, but not like rural state led us to be. Methodism has that kind of concern. John Wesley said, the world is my parish. While we're always concerned mostly about spiritual matters, we're aware of the fact that if someone is starving or thirsting or uneducated or injured, they have other pressing needs that we must attend to if we're Christian. We are concerned about everything that concerns human beings. Is it any real surprise to learn that it was a Methodist group? that gave birth to the YMCA movement and to the Salvation Army movement and to so many colleges and hospitals across the world and this nation. Ours is a very practical faith. It's all about making life better for folks that are here. There you have it. That's why I'm very happy to be a United Methodist. I value our sincerity, our simplicity, our openness, and the practical way we go about living for Christ. And as a United Methodist, we value above all else the gospel of Jesus Christ, how God supremely demonstrated for all time his love and grace toward us. Amen.